Wow. Good morning for Oaks Church. It is Pastor Paul. So glad to be back with you. It is, gosh, Monday morning, March 28th. I think it's maybe been like three weeks since we've done any of these pastoral devotionals, and I'm so glad to be back. Thanks to everybody who has been praying for the Gilbert family, uh, praying for uh, my dad, um, just just kind of a, a a quick update, and then I want to sort of intersect what's happening there with the message from this past Sunday that we heard from from Pastor Ryan Williams. You know, my my dad has been diagnosed with stage three pancreatic cancer, and um, you know, we're really just praying for wisdom to know what the best treatment options for him um, are going forward, considering his age and stamina and and all those sorts of things. And so we are just um, really asking guys just to to continue to join us in prayer. And um, there's some big decisions to make, obviously. And stage three pancreatic cancer is obviously not the diagnosis we were hoping for, not the one we were um, expecting or looking for, but it is the one that uh, nonetheless that that we are facing. And I was thinking about um, Pastor Ryan. Ryan Williams was, of course, with us as men during the men's retreat over this past weekend. And it was just uh, such a feast uh, for our souls as men to, to be under his teaching. Well, of course, Ryan was um, with us yesterday and preached and preached from Ecclesiastes. Now, look, just, just a heads up, next Sunday, um, I'll be back preaching. We'll be back in the book of Romans. But, but one of the things that Ryan talked about this past Sunday that really intersects, I think, with, with our lives um, very personally is his word from Solomon in Ecclesiastes about how we are to view life and to view the world and to view the seasons that God um, has placed us in. And there, there were three points that, that Pastor Ryan made. Um, he talked about one, um, what, what do the seasons teach us? And he said, number one, that there is beauty in everything. Um, even in the midst of grim darkness, hope and loss, there is a season for that. There's always that joy that comes in the morning. And so living in this broken world is always this intermingling of blessing and suffering. And there's seasons for both in this life. The second thing he said um, that the seasons teach us that is that God has set eternity in our hearts. That, that one of the reasons that uh, this life can be so full of futility and vanity, so to speak, as Solomon calls it, is because our hearts yearn for something that we don't have yet. We were created to flourish in this world, um, but because of sin and brokenness and despair, death has been entered into this world, and, and, and it feels such a cognitive dissonance to us because we weren't created to die. We were created to live and to, and to flourish. And so when we feel longings in our heart, um, what what those longings are pointing us towards is obviously eternity, a time where that won't be. And then his third point, now this is the one I want to camp out on just for a few minutes this morning, is this idea that there is longing until the coming of the king. In other words, the seasons teach us to expect something in the future that's going to resolve, that's going to bring hope, that's going to bring peace and restoration. Um, this is what Tolkien 
really was writing about in his series, The Lord of the Rings. It was all about this culmination of how um, good things have gone bad and things are now sorrowful in this life. But what we're really hoping for, longing for, is the return of the coming king. But of course, for us, it's not Aragorn, it's Jesus Christ. He's come once to die for sin. He's come once to pay the penalty. He's come once to defeat death and by his death, paid the penalty for our sins, rose from the grave. But at the same time, we are still in this, in this middle state, right? Where we are sorrowful, but always rejoicing, where we are broken, but yet healed. What we really long for is the time when the king will come back and set everything aright. When the king will return to make things the way that they are supposed to be. And I really feel like that's where I've been personally. It's where our, the Gilbert family, Susan and I, our kids, it's where we've been personally just in relationship to my, to my father. Um, we, we've really had to cling to those words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And, if you, and in fact, if you have your Bibles, just flip over there. And if you've been around Four Oaks long enough, you know this is just one of my very favorite um, passages in all of the Bible um, because of the idea that this is that that all the brokenness of this life is pointing us towards um, the expectation that Jesus is going to come back one day and set things aright. So here's the passage, 2 Corinthians 4, um, and I don't have my reading glasses on. In fact, I don't have reading glasses at all, but if I did them, I'd put them on right now because I can't see. Okay, here we go, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We know this life is transient. Cancer, death, suffering, sin, all remind us of this, right? But really what our hearts are longing for is something that we only have now in part, right? Um, in part, we do have life. We do have victory over death. We do have victory over sin. But it, it's kind of like the D-Day battle um, in relationship to World War II. Once, once the battle of D-Day was over and won, for all practical purposes, the World War II was going to end at some point. It was, it was a fait accompli, but yet the battle still had to be fought, right? And that's very much where we are. We know that God has won the war. We know that there will be a V-Day, Victory Day, but it awaits the return of Jesus Christ, the King. And so what do we do in the meantime? Well, Paul tells us, to fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And let's be honest, that's so hard to do, right? Um, what is seen is what is urgent. What is seen is what's, what is real. What is seen is what is pressing. But what is seen is also transient. It's temporary. It doesn't last. So Paul says, don't fix your eyes on what is seen. Don't fix your eyes on the cancer. Don't fix your eyes on the marital conflict. Don't fix your eyes on the brokenness. Fix your eyes on what is unseen because what is unseen is eternal. And 
Um, what a great word, I think, that is for all of us, for wherever we are, uh, for whomever we've lost as loved ones or spouses, as children, for whatever diseases are raging in our body, um, for whatever conflict is percolating in relationships, whatever distance we might have from those that we love, whatever financial struggles we might be undergoing, um, all of it, Paul says, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that will far outweigh everything. And again, the book of Ecclesiastes is such a great book to remind us of these things, that if this life is all there is, it is literally futility. It is literally hopelessness. It is literally vanity upon vanities, as Solomon says. But if there is an unseen world that is more real, that is eternal, that is fixed, that is certain, then what hope we have? It's not that we don't grieve. It's just that we don't grieve without hope. Okay, we are, We're hope-filled grievers. And that's just kind of where we've been camping out. It's where I encourage you to be camping out. Um, in this season with whatever going is going on in your life, just remember that this brokenness is pointing to you this longing that you have, that I have, for the coming of King Jesus one day. He will set everything aright. Now, when we come back together tomorrow, Tuesday, we have a little catch-up to do, right? So Pastor Rob and Pastor Scott were super faithful, delivered some great messages on a couple of passages in Romans. And what I want to do is just revisit those two passages and make a few comments about them as we gain a head of steam going back into Romans 8 this coming Sunday. We're going to be, in fact, in Romans 8, 26 through 30. Um, if Romans is the greatest book of the Bible and Romans 8 is the greatest chapter in the Bible, Romans 26 through 30 might be the greatest passage in the Bible. Um, but we have a little catching up to do before then and hope that you join us. So thanks for being here. It's so great to be back with you. Uh, let me pray for us, our day, and we look expectantly to what the Lord will do in our midst in the coming season, right? Amen? Okay. Lord, bless us now. Father, we um, want to take to heart your word that we heard this past Sunday, that there is a time and a season for everything, that, um, that the seasons teach us that there is beauty, that there is eternity, that also teaches us that we have a longing and Lord, remind us that this longing can only ultimately be fulfilled through the coming of your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks. See you tomorrow, Tuesday. So glad to